Philip's first wife died while giving birth to a daughter, and his second wife also died young. Not until Philip married the manipulative, passionate Olympias did he succeed in siring the son he wanted. Alexander was everything Philip had wished for, handsome, healthy, and intelligent. Even as a boy he seemed predisposed towards leadership. The Greek historian Plutarch recounted a story in which Alexander, during his father's absence on campaign, received ambassadors from the Persian court. After winning them over with his welcome, he impressed them with his perceptive questions on military capabilities, communications, and tactics. Alexander received the privileged upbringing of a prince. He learnt to sing, hunt, ride, debate, and read poetry. At the age of thirteen, he was sent to a school run by the philosopher Aristotle that his father had established for young noblemen. Here Alexander was taught medicine, botany, zoology, politics, and philosophy. He became a lover of learning and reading, and was so taken with the heroic tales of mythical soldiers such as Achilles, young, courageous men whose ambition and ability had no horizons, that he carried a copy of Homer's Iliad with him for the rest of his life. Moreover, the school friends with whom he studied were to become his companions, his closest associates on campaign, members of his elite cavalry. After three years with Aristotle, Alexander was brought back to the capital, Pella, and taught how to fight alongside his father. They made an incomparable team, and the mighty Greek city-states such as Athens and Thebes, who had scorned their rural northern neighbours, soon answered to Macedonian rule. In the summer of 336 BC, however, Philip was assassinated at his daughter's wedding. Alexander moved quickly and ruthlessly to secure the throne. The army offered its all-important support, and Alexander became king. He was twenty years old. The first task the new king faced was to secure the Macedonian hegemony that his father had imposed on the region. Alexander therefore swept rapidly through Greece, reinforcing control and making it clear that Philip's legacy was not to be rejected. Where necessary, he installed Macedonian garrisons or imposed leaders favourable to his cause. By the speed of his actions, he held together the independent, often mutually hostile, Greek states in a federation under Macedonian control. The states and kingdoms of the ancient world were largely divided by natural barriers. In an attempt to strengthen his borders, Alexander next went north, extending Macedonian rule to the river Danube. Resistance was fierce, but Alexander displayed the determination and cunning that were to help him overcome many obstacles. At one stage he had to cross a mountain pass barricaded with wagons. He anticipated that the enemy would roll their wagons downhill at his troops, so he ordered them either to part ranks to let the wagons through, or to lie on the ground with their shields above them so that the wagons could ride over them. This successful tactic allowed Alexander's soldiers to charge the vulnerable enemy after they passed. Alexander's boldness, youthful energy and courage had overcome a complacent foe. While Alexander was fighting in the north, 
the Greek city-state of Thebes, erroneously informed that he had been killed, declared its independence from the Greek Federation. To the Thebans' amazement, Alexander, who had just force-marched for thirteen days on hearing of this revolt, appeared outside their walls and, after a fierce assault, stormed the city. In revenge and as an example to all others, much of Thebes was destroyed and thousands of its inhabitants killed. Every corner of the city was piled high with corpses. Survivors were sold as slaves. With the Greek states to his south and the Balkan lands in the north now secured, Alexander turned his attention to the next stage of his plan, the invasion and conquest of his powerful neighbour to the east, the Persian Empire. By the time Alexander had taken over the reins of power, Macedonia was almost bankrupt. Although in financial difficulty himself, Alexander, before leaving for Persia, distributed expensive presents to those he was leaving behind in control. One colleague asked of him, But your majesty, what are you leaving for yourself? To which Alexander replied, My hopes. Thus aged twenty-one, with little more in the royal treasuries than hopes, Alexander set off at the head of his army, having declared war on the mightiest power in the world. The Persian king, Darius III, was older than Alexander and considered competent and brave. His decision-making, however, was hampered by an assembly of courtiers who found it hard to agree on anything. Certainly they were unsure how to deal.